0: Hey guys, welcome to the Burning Soul Podcast, thanks for joining me again. So, um, it is is—it's the middle of August right now. Uh, as I record this intro, it is like August 15th, I believe. And man, the mornings are getting cooler. Um, the, the, the stupid, stupid humidity and heat that is, the disgustingness that is summer. You guys know how much I love summer. Uh, is going away and in the mornings it feels nice and cool it's crisp and uh, I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing this this cliche but man I can really really like just feel smell and feel uh, uh, fall just just around the corner and hunting just around the corner I'm I'm, I'm, I'm so jazzed I'm so excited um, I still have no idea what my hunting situation is gonna be I'm dropping stuff here my hunting situation is gonna be this year um, who's you know? Who knows what's going to happen with uh, my daughter's school? Uh, so, you know, work is still like a crazy schedule. You know, I still work, you know in, uh, weekends um, And my wife works uh, Completely kind of opposite schedule of me as far as our hours go and stuff like that So um, it might be more the same as last year, but I don't care. I don't care. I'm, I'm done with summer. I'm over summer I I was never for summer uh, If I was king of the world and king of the universe summer would go away Sorry guys, sorry people, you know, I mean I've gone fishing a few times here and there But I don't even like to fish that much. It was just more to spend time with my kids, so, um, anyway, so I'm pretty excited about that, I'm really, really excited about that, I've got, um, I've been trying out some new stuff, so I went back and uh, re- purchased a uh, Kafaru door gunner. I had a door gunner before. I um, found that it was a little too small for some of the things I wanted to do. I couldn't strap some extra stuff on there that I wanted um, and I've you know, been running the uh, the Kuyu 1850 Icon Pro that I've had f- for a long long time. I still love that pack but I went back to the door gunner again with, uh, for, for saddle hunting because I, I kind of reorganized my system, uh, reorganized some of the things I'm doing. And I was able to get some compression straps and stuff like that that worked for it that I could strap things to the outside and the underneath, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it again. I, I didn't realize how much I would miss that pack, um, just because it's just so light, so small. And when you're when you're when you hang it in the tree, it's not gigantic. Um, it's not obtrusive. It's uh, it, it's just it just you know overall uh, f- profile wise, uh, you know it, it fits really well. I still wish uh, Kefaro would make a bigger version of the door gunner it's only a thousand cubic inch and that was one of my main reasons before for actually selling it uh, I, I really really wish they'd make like a 1500 or 1800 I know they make like I know they make the shape charge I don't like it um, I really like the, uh, the, the the top loader design of this I didn't think I was gonna like that because I've always had like a horseshoe zipper on on my packs and I really really like this design just because when you're in a tree you know you know the, the the front flap doesn't kind of flap over and you you don't have to be careful with how much you unzip that horseshoe zipper so that everything doesn't kind of come falling out um so i'd never really had a top loader pack before and i found that i really really liked it so anyway i'm going back to that i'll probably of course i'm going to do a video on it uh not for a little while though so i've got i've got that going then i also purchased a um uh the ultimate one stick from uh eastern woods outdoors uh www.doublesteps.com shout shout out to uh to to dan over there dan uh, sorry dan if i say your last name wrong it's either osterhaus or osterhout um he was a a guest on the podcast uh, about a year and a half ago i think super guy um you know caters to the saddle hunting world uh you know everything um you know you can choose your standoffs you can choose the 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 height of the stick you can choose the height of the steps the, the the um the the aiders the, the, aters, the uh, whether they're cable aiders or whether they're uh, you know like like the tubular webbing kind of stuff they have various like uh, platforms so. If you're doing one sticking like I'm doing basically the platform bolts to the top of the stick and it is the top of the stick and I'm using the the ultimate platform. It is very, very cool. It's angled. It's got some side wings on it. I've been in a tree with it a few times. Um, I'm really, really liking it. It's it's digging into the tree very well, very secure. It's got a cam cleat. and it seems to be working better than the Hawk Helium uh, with the Artisan Outdoor Fabrications platform that I was using the uh, past few years, past couple of years. Mostly because uh, the Hawk Helium's, because they're so light, they flex more. And I was getting some squeaking from it. That Artisan Outdoor Fabrications uh, platform, very, very nice. Uh, I really like it. You know, that's just like a squared, you know, 90 degree platform. Uh, nothing wrong with the platform itself. It's just you know the stick that it's bolted to tend to tended to make it flex. But I think this ultimate uh, platform is. I mean, it's it's just a step above. It's just a step beyond. Uh, Costs more. Um, you know, the whole kit and caboodle for this whole stick was came in something about like 270 bucks. And some of you guys are going to kind of scoff at that and say, well, well, you know, it's just too expensive. This is everything. You're not buying another set of sticks. You're not buying another platform or tree stand. A good tree stand, you know, Lone Wolf, uh, you know, any of that stuff starts at about 250 the beast stand is like 625 and from what i'm understanding from what i'm hearing from a lot of guys that you that they're starting to use it it's worth every penny um especially for a guy who's uh, uh done so much for the hunting community with giving just like free knowledge i mean you probably heard it before but dan Infall is uh you know if you have the coin send him the coin you know he's 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 one of the the guys that are just you know, pioneers of, of, of mobile hunting and uh, has, has helped out the community tremendously. But uh, what I'm trying to say is, you're not spending $500 or $1,000 on an entire like stick and uh, platform or, or tree stand setup. This is everything. Okay? So you kind of choose a la carte. You know, I want this, I want this, I want this and it shows up at your door and it's just fantastic. It's super light. Um, again, I don't really care about the lightweight. I care that it's stable. I care that it's sturdy. I care that it doesn't flex and creak and make noise and so far it's been very quiet. So we'll see in, in the long run. Um, so I do have a video on that out. Uh, by the time you hear this, I, I have the, the first video out. It's like an initial review of that, that uh, stick, the Ultimate uh, One Stick. Um, I'll probably have the second one out very, very shortly, which is about repelling. Now this year I'm going to go and do, I'm going to try repelling again. I got the, the longer rope, I got about 30 feet of rope, that 8mm Oplux. Um, I, I tried this Last year for a little bit, and I had a, a Black Diamond ATC, like kind of bel- belay device and things like that. And I didn't really have my setup very organized. Very, I didn't really give it as, as good a shot. Um, I, I don't like a lot of um, having to carry extra stuff just for the sake of saying that I, that I repelled. And, you know, it, it's fun to do. And I kind of gave up on it did a youtube video on it of course and you know a lot of, that's one of the ones that I got the most negative comments on as far as the numbers are negative like the dislikes and all that um, YouTube is just such a cesspool but uh, I got a lot of comments oh you didn't do this right you didn't do that right you gotta get yourself a mad rock safeguard well mad rock safeguards are first of all as we as we speak I mean f- forget it you're not getting those for months um, they're, they're so popular, they'd be popular going into any hunting season, much less this season where no one's working and no, no raw materials or, or or products or anything like that are actually getting made. So every supplier um, across the board, no matter what you're talking about, is, is kind of suffering. So um, so forget that. So I decided to do a munter hitch on my carabiner. Um, and I go through how I use the munter hitch with a uh, what's called an auto block, which is like a backup uh, friction hitch. To control uh, descent, and I'm telling you, I'm really, really loving it. It's it's super fun to do. Uh, it's nothing extra, other than one extra carabiner, which it's never a bad idea to kind of have an extra carabiner kind of clipped somewhere on your on your saddle or on your even in your pack or whatever. Anyway, but I'm not carrying anything extra, no other extra ropes. I'm carrying more rope because it, you got to descend all the way down rather than uh, the two um, identical tethers slash lineman belts that I was using. Uh, for saddle hunting that were only like you know seven foot long so now i have like that one just a seven foot long and i have a longer one that goes you know all the way down to the ground i might shorten it a little bit because um i can get pretty high with it depending on Um, the diameter of the tree. And I don't really hunt big trees. You can only hunt so wide a tree before, you know, you run out of strap for even your your stick. Uh, So I don't know. We'll see. But I can shorten that down a little bit. But I don't really go any higher than like 18 feet anyway. To me, 18 feet feels like I'm like on a 30 story building. Um, Just not that comfortable up there. But um, anyway, so... Repelling, it, it's it's a ton of fun. I'm not carrying anything extra except you know, like I said, um, another maybe 10 feet of extra rope, and uh, that one extra carabiner, and it's working out fantastic. I really like it, and the video should be out on that uh, shortly. I decided to not do the Mad Rock Safeguard, um, which is kind of like a descender device because I didn't want you know again extra stuff I like my knots I like doing the knots I like doing um, you know just ropes and knots and things like that and again it's just it's just less fiddly less metal less clanging and it's it's I'm looking forward to it I'm really looking forward to it because you know one sticking going up is is okay one sticking coming down is a major pain in the ass so if you can just propel down Man, you're set. So I'm, um, I'm pretty jazzed about that. So we're, we're, we're gonna do that. So other than that, um, man, there's really. Uh I'm looking around my my little hovel hole here. There's really nothing else new that I'm gonna talk about. I've got a video, I think, I don't know if I put it out there yet. I got another Bear Grizzly. It's a 52-pounder to match my um, 42-pounder, and they're both 1966 Bear Grizzlies. I love my old one, uh, that first 40-some-pounder, 42-pounder so much that I was looking around for another one. I'm like, I gotta have another one. I love that Bubinga. I'm looking at it right now, and it shoots beautiful. I got a great deal on it on eBay. And uh, it's ju- it's just fantastic. Of course, I did a little bit of grip modification to it just to um, kind of fit my hand a little bit better. But, uh, yeah, I'm so glad I got a twin. So they're kind of hanging up on my wall like, you know, all, all cutesy twinsies. So um, 50, 52 pounds at my draw. Got it tuned. Beautiful. Flies great. I, I've got so many options going into uh, uh into season. I'm not going to be bow poor. Let's put it that way. I've got that Java man, which is just shooting lights out um, I've got the two Grizzlies shooting lights out and then that that I, I won't carry that k- Kino Kai bow. I mean, it's a great bow, but it's you know I still haven't finished that click issue. I don't know if I talked about that bow anyway It's it's a the it's a YouTube video on it. it's one of the Amazon bows fantastic bow by the way It's just stinking fast, but um, yeah going into the season. I, I, I've got plenty of bows I just don't know what I'm gonna carry so I'm good on that front. So other than that, I guess we can, um, man, we're like 12 minutes into this almost already. So other than that, <laughs> I guess we can get start talking about our guest today. So my guest today is um, uh, a girl by the name of Alex, well, Alexandra, Alex Eisner. She is from California. She lives in California, Southern California, just outside of LA. And she is the manager of the archery shop at the Oak Tree uh, Archery Club, which is actually part of the oak tree gun club and uh she's pretty relatively new to archery her kind of um uh, I don't want to say rise to stardom but I mean her kind of journey from never having shot a bow whatsoever uh you know not not into hunting wasn't into hunting at, at first uh grew up like kind of I think she said in Venice Beach it's been it's been about a week or two since we talked so sorry if I get this wrong but um and um she, you know, decided to, to to get in hunting. Her boyfriend got her into it, and in a very very short amount of time, she went from never having shot a bow to now she is a uh, you know the bow tech at, uh, at at the at the archery club. She uh, runs the joint, and she's full on immersed in archery. She shoots both compound and uh, traditional. And uh, yeah, it was really really cool getting to know her. She's got a pretty cool story. She does some pretty interesting things. Um, she she talks about that in the episode, so I'll just I'll just leave it you know uh, I'll just leave it at that with that. So um, yeah, other than that, it was great to talk to her. Follow her on Instagram. Um, it is uh, archeress alex. So yeah, archeress underscore alex, and uh, you'll you'll find her alex eisner, and um, yeah, very cool talking to her. So follow her definitely if you like this episode like share and subscribe and uh, leave a rating ratings are huge i really really appreciate you guys who take the time to you know give like a five star rating and uh you know leave a comment share the episode i really do appreciate those too. share it on facebook instagram you know anywhere so make sure you follow that and make sure you follow uh the youtube channel i've been like i said i'm going to be Putting out even more stuff. I've got uh, I've got a couple videos out there, some setup videos that I've done for uh, the Java Man a setup video, a little bit on that Kaibo that I talked about. I've got this one stick video. I'm gonna do an actual. I'm gonna redo my video from a couple years ago of one stick climbing. Um, got a rappel video coming out. I've got the Grizzly video that's gonna get released. I got a bunch of stuff. So just just tune in, um, and uh, I hope I hope you guys are gonna like that stuff. So all right, I've rambled on long. Enough. I apologize. 14-minute uh, intro here is probably my longest, but I haven't really gotten you guys up to date on any of the stuff that's kind of going on. So, with that said, here is my interview with Alex Eisner. Oh,
1: Sorry. yes, it just gave me that.
0: Oh, it did. Okay. Oh, cool. All right, there we go. That was that was quicker than uh, quicker than normal. So, <laughs> the Skype gods were uh, were easy on us tonight. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> On on the phone after uh, much much again technical wrangling, uh, I have uh, Alex Eisner. I said your name right, didn't I? Yes. I did. Okay. So, and Alex, you are uh, you're out in California, and mm-hmm. uh, I watch your you know I, I watch your Instagram, and uh, you do a lot of cool little um, you know, Insta stories and a lot of cool posts. And I just kind of wanted to find out more about you and what you do out there and just, you know, the, the archery and the hunting culture and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So, um, if you want to give like maybe, I don't know, like the quick the quickie version of kind of who you are and what you do. And then we can just kind of go down a thousand little rabbit holes from there.
1: <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. I mean, I guess the a basic good starting point is to say, I mean, I'm born and raised in Southern California, never left. And I got into archery. September will be at one year that I touched a bow. Oh, wow. And yeah. So there, I really hit the ground running with it. And, Fast forward, I mean, to this day now, I am the manager, bow technician, instructor, you know, customer service, everything uh, at the Oak Tree Archery uh, Club in uh, in Los Angeles.
0: So you jumped in full bore.
1: <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs>
0: did you uh, did, did you kind of come up with any kind of, um, was there any hunting in your family, any archery in your family in, in the background, or are you just, You know, how'd you you come about to that?
1: No archery in the family, but it was my dad who gave me three semi-gentle nudges (laughs) to go into (laughs) archery Uh, because I moved from living like a block away from the beach and the beach and all those kinds of activities were my life. And now I live in the valley. And so a month before I found archery is when I moved here. And my dad pointed out that I was staying home a lot, and that was unlike me, and I need to find a hobby that gets me back outside. And so he's like, there's an archery range literally half a mile from you. You should go. And at first, <laughs> I told him, that is the weirdest hobby you could ever possibly even, you know, acknowledge for me to even try. Why? why? <laughs> and yeah. Uh, I was super ignorant, and that's okay, um, but, yeah, it took about three times, and I made an appointment for a lesson. Um, it, that was after I I had a, a first round with an Amazon bow that didn't go so well, but when I did it the right way and yeah. started with a lesson, after the first arrow, I, I was hooked. So.
0: so, was your dad into archery before that, or...
1: He did it in Boy Scouts, but he wasn't really into it. He's into kind of everything fitness. He's sponsored in racquetball and does tennis, golf, all that stuff. So it's not outside his wheelhouse.
0: But he had done it before, though, right? Or, I mean, I'm just kind of curious, like, what is, you know, what, what, what archery was to him? Like, hey, why don't you do this? It'll be, you know, something you might like. I mean, is that something Mm -hmm. that he kind of dabbled in? It sounds like he does a lot of stuff.
1: Uh, He probably did archery a handful of times in Boy Scouts, you know, when he was 15. But he really pushed me into this because I live half a mile from an archery range.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. That all right.
1: I mean, like, he just wanted to see me get outside and do something. Yeah. So he knew that um, this place called Woodley Park, which is my home range now, is right by my house. So he pointed that okay. out to me. And honestly, if he didn't point it out, I don't know if I would have ever gone over there. So
0: it just kind of wasn't on you. It just wasn't on your radar. What, what were you doing before that?
1: I was, um, the supervisor on the suicide prevention hotline. Oh, Mm -hmm. so I was working from home a lot, especially because of, you know, how the, everything that changed in 2020. Um, so yeah, that was a, I really needed, uh, an outlet (laughs) during that job.
0: That's gotta be a pretty heavy, uh, you know, heavy mental, you know, mm-hmm. bird, I don't want to say burden, because it's obviously, you know, uh, people, people will do that out of love. But I mean, it's got to be a, a heavy mental strain, you need some sort of outlet. Did you have any other mm-hmm. hobbies and stuff bef- before to, um to kind of, you know, compartmentalize that and put that away? Or? Um,
1: yeah, so my main Hobby, if you will. It's actually more of my, uh, my other business that I have. Uh, I'm a Reiki master practitioner. So I do a lot in, you know, the spiritual and holistic healing world. So I do, you know, a lot of meditations and sound baths and, you know, I, I kind of self-soothe and do self-care in those kinds of ways.
0: Okay. And you still do that or?
1: Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. That's,
0: yeah, that's, I think you're the first, uh, I think you're the first Reiki uh, practitioner I've had on the show. That's, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know what it is. A lot of people may not know what it is, but we don't have to go down that, you know, down that rabbit hole. But um, uh, yeah, it's, um, how, how long you been doing that then?
1: Since uh, June,
0: 2019. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So, I mean, a pretty, man, you're, 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 pretty diverse. I don't know how, how many, uh, how many trails to go down this way. So, okay. So let's, let's so we can just jump back into the, into the uh, archery part of it then. Um, did you, um, did, did anybody in your, uh, other than your dad, you said he did a lot of uh, mm-hmm. other stuff. Did anybody in your, um, in your family hunt at all, or do you hunt at all? Or are you just strictly archery right now?
1: I am preparing to hunt and, um, no one in my family has hunted. Uh, I actually told my mom, other day that I'm gonna practice hunting now that I have my compound bow all sighted in by hunting bunnies first and she immediately went oh don't tell me (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. and I quickly responded saying yeah how was your McDonald's yesterday it was great huh Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. no
0: that's the truth yeah (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but my boyfriend hunts the big game and I think we'll probably stick to that. Cause I pull 30 pounds right now. Okay. And, um, he is 70 pounds. So uh, I think he'll do big game. Uh, I'll totally support and I'd love to go on the hunts. But as I've looked into hunting more and more and be been around hunters, I, you know, I'm, I'm five foot two, a hundred pounds. So, I don't know how much I could carry or you know back with me. So whenever I do hunt, it's gonna be with other people, and I'm very open to it and excited about it. So
0: that's that that's cool. Um, especially, um, I, I I'm I'm making judgments, but I I did live in California for a little bit for about a year and a half. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. um, it's not a very open like hunting culture. It's not a very um, uh, you know, weapon, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of culture. So, um, I, I, am sure I, I, again, maybe I'm making generalizations, but I mean, did you get, uh, any kind of pushback from any of your friends or anything like that too? Like, what are you doing (laughs) or, you you know,
1: Mm uh, somewhat, a lot of my friends are actually supportive in a way they, they will say, that they're like, I can never do that. You go and do that. And that's awesome. Um, But but they would never do that. But I do explain, you know, the ethical factor of it that, you know, you do are supposed to take your hunter certification before and, you know, there's a process to it. It's not like just going out and willy nilly doing it. So I feel like that's where it comes into play of a lot of people don't know that there is a whole process to it. And ethical hunters, we I mean, I, I, I speak for myself, I guess, in a way, even though I haven't killed an animal before like that. But, you know, hunting for sport is not my thing. And um, I, you know... I approve and support ethical, but for just doing it and, you know, leaving an animal there or not doing anything with it, I would, I would never do anything like that. So.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of people um, have the wrong impression or have like the Looney Tunes, you know, Elmer Fudd kind of impression Mm -hmm. of -hmm. of what a hunter is supposed to look like. A hunter is not supposed to look like you you know i i mean for real right you know and i think a lot of uh you know thanks to social media right it's 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 a double-edged sword we all love it we all hate it um but i think um just in the last i'm gonna say god i was gonna say in the last 10 years but definitely the last five years okay because like the woman hunter thing i don't know if you want to call huntress you know some people use that term some people don't but uh that's that's kind of blown up you know um Mm -hmm and there was a lot of, uh, you probably didn't watch like, um, any outdoor, outdoor TV, you know, programming, you know, like 10, 10, 12, 15 years ago where there was a lot of like the cookie cutter kind of programs. And Mm -hmm. then there was like the rise of like the Barbie hunter, right?
1: Mm -hmm. We're not going to
0: name names, but if you go back and look, there's, there's, there's a lot of them and Mm -hmm. they, you know, they made a lot of money for themselves. They made quite a name for themselves and sponsorships and this and that, but people kind of got tired of it. Just Mm -hmm. like they kind of got tired of watching like um, uh, you know, these guys shoot giant buck after giant buck on, you know, manicured, groomed, uh, private farms, you know, to make okay. it look like it was, um, you know, 100, it's hundred percent ethical, but, um, it's, it's not, it's not what the average, you know, Joe or Jane will go and do.
1: Um,
0: yeah. but the last, I'm going to say five years, there's a lot of people that are not just women, but, you know, minorities, uh, mm-hmm. late onset hunters, uh, mm-hmm. and just, just, you know, a- average, you know, average people that, Mm -hmm. that are, that are into it. And I think the, the, the demographics, the the look of what a hunter should be has, has Mm -hmm. changed a lot. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, someone like you who has, uh, I'm guessing like a wide, you know, diverse variety of friends, they're going to look at your Instagram and they're going to look at, uh, you know, who you follow, let's say, you know, how the social, social media works and
1: mm-hmm. they're going to
0: say, well, you know, at least I hope it happens this way anyway, but they're going to, mm-hmm. they're going to look at it and be like, you know, this, this is not what I, this is not what I expected. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't expect to see, you know, struggles of a backpack hug, hunt. I didn't mm-hmm. expect to see, you know, what'd you say? Five foot, you know, woman,
1: um, yeah.
0: you know hiking around with, with a bow. I didn't expect to, uh, see how much fun it is to shoot a bow, you Mm -hmm. know, or a rifle or or whatever happens to be. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I I think, I don't don't know where I'm going with that. I'm kind of rambling, but, um, I think a lot of that's changed, uh, for, for the better. Um, unfortunately though, of course, like the more exposure you get, the more you get picked on because there are people that are so Mm anti-hunting that they don't want, um, they don't, they, they don't want the, the face of a hunter to be someone like you, you know, mm-hmm. because it kind of ruins their narrative and I'm kind mm-hmm. of getting political there, but, um, it's just something you got to fight, I guess. And, you know, we, as a you know community, whether it's hunting or just archery in, in general, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Kind of have to fight. So I don't oh, know, yeah. kind of a, a bit on a, on a soapbox over there, but, um, I think you're doing, you're doing great stuff with that as, as, as our other, other newcomers to the sport. Um, so you said your, uh, your boyfriend hunts, uh, yeah. is he, has he done it for a long time? Is he, um, you know, kind of, kind of guiding you through or going to be guiding you through this or.
1: Uh, it's really funny. Uh, we actually both met through archery in January. So he actually just picked up his first compound bow. He just had a tickle in himself one day and he ran over to like three different shops and finally came to mine and um in January of this year and he went on a hunt I think it might have been just the next month and he got a mountain goat with one arrow (laughs) I know (laughs) amazingly yeah um so so yeah so it's new for him but he does have that under his belt now um of experience so yeah, we're both pretty new to it. And we met through archery and, and I mean, which is amazing. So, yeah, we're both having fun with it.
0: I love that you guys both kind of like jumped in um, and, you know, not not even just had success. Obviously, he's had success, but just the fact that like, you know, he's so new and then boom, I'm doing this, you know, and then <laughs> just kind of jumped in. That's that's uh, that's pretty awesome. So yeah. I'm going to rewind a little bit here. So your dad says there's an archery shop nearby that you should go check out. Right.
1: Yeah, there was. A, there's a free range uh, half a mile from my house. Mm-hmm.
0: And and where is this? You said it's it's an inland. You said it's inland somewhere. Or?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the free range um, is Woodley Park, and um, that's just a you know, big open field with hay bales, and then where the shop that I manage is uh, the pro shop retail shop and an archery range target and 3d and that's just 20 miles away or actually even less it's 14 miles north of woodley park and that's in uh, Newhall, california
0: okay I'm not familiar with I'm not familiar with the area there but um mm-hmm. yeah that's uh so is it um is, is it is it a busy place uh, as far as like I mean I mean LA is just just the whole area is just crowded, right? But um, yeah. you, you don't have to drive too far out to get into like like the mountains and and things mm-hmm. like that. And it starts to you know the population starts to dwindle down pretty much. So um, is it uh, you know is is it still pretty populated there? Is is it really busy? I'm just trying to get an idea of the, the mm-hmm. kind of the, the the region.
1: I would say on the weekends it's it's very busy. If we sometimes we have. Um, some small weights at, um, at Oak Tree to get on the range, but I actually, so since I became manager in April, I've been making a lot of updates so that we can fit more people, do more things, and so I had them push the range out about 20 extra feet, so we haven't had any more weights since then, but weekends were very busy, and then during the week, it's pretty steady. Uh, I wouldn't say we're like slammed for the most part during the week. I'm, uh, I'm it. I'm the only one working in the shop and the range. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, so it's enough to keep me busy, but I absolutely, you know, I, I would love if more people started coming, um, and we could always get more staff, but it's steady. Yeah. Steady. So Mm -hmm. you
0: show up at this place. Um, Mm -hmm. tell, tell me what day one looks like for you when, uh, you're like, okay, dad, I'm going to take your advice and you wander around and you, and you find this place and you're walking in the door. What's, what's, what's going through your mind?
1: Well, I just get super overwhelmed. My sensor senses are very, um, sensitive. <laughs> so I was just trying to stay grounded and calm and just, yeah. But I, the main issue or challenge with that first day was that i bought a mongolian horse bow 30 oh,
0: pounds. Oh,
1: yeah yeah from amazon that said this is a great kids beginner recurve bow like it, I, it was all a lie i tried to look at the reviews none of them helped this bow had like you know 13,000 five star reviews i'm thinking okay that's good uh no <laughs> But and
0: like, I, 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 get you, I get you 12,800 of those are bot reviews, by the way, because nobody that, no one I know, let's put it that way, has a Mon- nothing wrong with the Mongolian bow, but I guarantee you, I, I don't know a single person who owns one,
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: And, <laughs> you know?
1: Right. And as a starter bow also, that's a really difficult bow to it's, start. Yeah. And, um, it was 30 pounds. That's to me, not really a starter poundage. <laughs> um, But it also, the last, the funniest part now to me is that it came with (laughs) broadheads.
0: Oh, it did?
1: Yeah. And they're not, uh, they were, they're wooden shafts and the broadheads are actually like glued into the shaft. They're not, Mm -hmm. you know, screw on points. Yep. So I go to this range with this Mongolian horsebow, three broadhead wooden arrows, (laughs) and I start setting up my target and I don't obviously know what I'm doing. (laughs) The person next to me uh, saw that I didn't know what I was doing (laughs) and walked over, let me borrow actually a few of his arrows, which was very nice, explained to me, you don't shoot broadheads and even what that was. And uh, yeah, and then so that was my first experience. I didn't do horribly, but I I was not feeling great about it, but I wanted to learn more. So that's when I called an actual instructor. Someone else that was there suggested that I get a real lesson, and I, I felt that that was correct. And actually, I realized after that one shot with my... Bow with my Amazon bow, it broke.
0: (laughs) Oh, no kidding!
1: Yeah, one of the limbs broke, and so now it's a beautiful decorative artwork on my wall.
0: (laughs) Oh jeez, I'm surprised they didn't send the uh, like like the horse with it too for you to ride on, you know? (laughs) You ride in the battle with Genghis Khan, you know? (laughs) Yeah,
1: right. They should have. Oh man, yeah, there is so much wrong with that, and that's why. You know, I tell people who come in the shop, I'm like, if you must get something off of Amazon, just call me, text me, like, let's talk about what it is, you know, because I get the not wanting to wait. And there there is a lot of a waiting period in archery for equipment right now, such as, right. you know, so, but I think it's better to wait than get equipment that breaks after one try and isn't fitted to you at all. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's, there's some junk out there. We can, we can go down this road because, um, you know, there, there's some junk out there and there's some good stuff out there. Like you can still order, um, you know, Sam XH, right? Nothing wrong mm-hmm. with the Sam XH. Uh, very, very, you know, proven. You can uh, order one of these. Uh, they go by different names. So it's like the Black Hunter, Galaxy mm-hmm. Ember, uh, yeah. Mandarin Duck, you know, those. Mm-hmm. But um, it depends what factory it came out of and on what day it came out of because they're all the same. They're all rebranded. And Mm -hmm. you know, people love that that Black Hunter, right? I mean, there's there's a huge following for them. I think they look a little bit nicer, a little bit sexier Mm -hmm. than like uh, Samick Sage, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, which is great for
1: a Black Hunter longbow.
0: Do you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I mean, it's it's better looking, and it's definitely. I think better for attracting like new people because um, it's just, a, it's, just a, it's just a more modern kind of you know better looking bow I think than a Samic Sage but there's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. either one but um, so I I ordered one of those to kind of review right on on my YouTube channel about eh, a year and a half ago maybe a year or something ago and it was the Sino art version okay there's this, this mm-hmm. exact same thing and I ordered one 50 pounds the box said 55 the limb said 50 but they actually measured 40 I mean it was just a mess top yeah. to bottom and uh-huh. it came covered Covered in this like goo, um, Mm -hmm. all. I mean, it was just a mess, right? But then, um, (laughs) I you know, I I did the unboxing thing for it, and then I kind of strung it up. I didn't even video uh, shooting it because I was gonna like, hey, I'm gonna set this up, and then once it's kind of sort of set up, I'll video shooting it kind of thing. So I came back to the camera, said, you know what, it's already back in its box. I'm not (laughs) even gonna bother with this for you guys. Um, If if you (laughs) order one, you know, um, and 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 there's uh, you know you can order, you can order that bow from say like Lancaster archery, or I think twigs mm-hmm. archery, I, b- I believe is out there. And I think they go through like a quality control. So mm-hmm. they get, they get the same like quote unquote crap, right. From, from China and they mm-hmm. sort through all the stuff and, and, and they, they, you know, will 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 sell you the ones that are actually, uh, you know, correct poundage, mm-hmm. um, you know, fit and finish is good. The threads aren't all buggered up, you know, in the, in the limb pockets and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So definitely there's really good deals out there. Mm-hmm. But you, you you may have to send a few back to get a good one, mm-hmm. you know. And then I just recently, um, I'm, I'm not trying to make this a commercial about my channel, but you, you mentioned the Amazon bow thing. There's, yeah. a, um, uh, there's a bow called the Kainokai, right? It's a K A I K-A-I-N-O-K-A-I. I'm looking at it right now um this thing is like dirt cheap it it fluctuates from like 50 bucks to 70 bucks 80 bucks or whatever and Mm -hmm. i'm like no way so i ordered one of them to review and Mm -hmm. it's still hanging on my wall it's i mean it is a damn good bow and it's fast it blew my mind yeah i I did a couple uh a couple like reviews on it um there's a couple little problems with it you know Mm -hmm. um and i can get into that on a different podcast but yeah there's but then you're right. there's all those mongolian bows and horse bows and some other mm-hmm. stuff out there that if you don't know what mm-hmm. what you're doing, um, I was I was on a, a on a different thread a while ago, uh, just a couple of days ago, and somebody was talking about the poundage problem too, you know, and they were getting like different poundages. So if someone like you, who mm-hmm. maybe well you have access to a bow scale now, but if someone just orders it at home or they were as new as you were, let's say, and they mm-hmm. get it in their house, and you order, let's say, you know, say the person orders like a forty pound bow and Mm -hmm. this thing comes like 50 you Mm -hmm. know what i mean yeah you're probably going to turn that person off because they're like i can't pull this thing back because that's a you know 10 pounds in traditional archery is a huge jump you know what i mean
1: yeah so
0: unless you can actually take it measure it and, and and set it up properly um you know the amazon stuff is great but you still needed to take it to someone who knows what the heck they're doing
1: yeah and i've definitely encountered that with people who have come into the shop or to me for a lesson and they want to use this new equipment that they have.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, I feel like it's always those bows too with the, it's like a black bow. It's kind of plasticky and it has a rest on both sides of it. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what's going on with those, but they keep coming in and I have measured them and and put them on the on the scale and they're almost always over on poundage by really. Quite a lot. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. By buyer, we will. I was saying, um, God, I think, again, same same person I was talking to. It's almost like like Amazon for this kind of stuff for a lot of things is like the Wild West. OK. <laughs> You're on your own. Uh, There's lots of people out there that are really, really shady characters and you don't Mm -hmm. know who to trust and you could get anything and good luck trying to sort out problems if you have, you know, if if you if you have problems. I mean, good luck trying to get an answer on, um, you you know, Mm -hmm. anything about the bow, you know, so. On on the one hand, again, it's fantastic that you can get something like really cheap, but you have like no support from Mm -hmm. any kind of uh, company that backs their product. You can't call up customer service or chat with customer service because there is none. You know, it's it's just some some guy in China exporting these, and some guy here, uh, you know, under a Chinese umbrella, importing them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, so yeah, yeah, totally. Fire beware. So, okay, so then you, uh, again, I keep going back, I'm sorry. So you walk into the shop and you're kind of overwhelmed and, um, you, you, you do all these, you do all the shooting and then, and then what's your next step then? So you, you shot, someone kind of pulled you aside and said, Hey, you know, this may not, well, you didn't have a choice cause it broke on you, but this <laughs> may not be the bow for you. Uh, we yeah. don't shoot broadheads, uh, <laughs> unless it's a designated target. So who, who, or what was your next like step? Did you go to someone? Was there someone working there? Like, and you said, Hey, kind of walk me through this. Cause I'm, I'm kind of lost.
1: Well, I I was at Woodley Park, so it was, you know, a, a big range. And um, these two really nice ladies uh, gave me a card to my first coach, uh, Andrew Robertson, who is just the best. Um, and he, you know, got me all fitted. I rented some equipment from him and we had our first lesson and I was just, I was loving it. So, you know, he really got down to... Every single nitty-gritty detail of, you know, what you know, pressure you should have on what parts of your feet for your foundation, <clears> and working your way up the body, everything, and and I just I fell in love with it. I fell in love with like all the intricacies of it, how much there is to. You have to be in tune with your body, and especially yeah. in the Reiki practitioner work that I do and spiritual work I do. That's everything you are in tune with your body. your breath needs to be uh, you know in a rhythm you know staying calm and it's just every it just really flowed with everything I was already doing with my like meditation practice like that and yeah, um, yeah. so from there I think him and I had just a, a few lessons after that and I got a monthly rental uh, from him. So that I could just shoot on my own, on my own time. And um, it was just a month later that I told the manager at Oak Tree, which is where I work now, that I would love to have even just a, a one day a week, you know, position job there just to learn more and be around it. And uh, that's kind of what, what really pushed me into learning much, much more. Once I started working there too. So
0: So were they looking for help at the time, and they thought, yes, we've got a sucker that's willing to come out here and work at an (laughs) archery shop and (laughs) and and guide some of these fools.
1: (laughs) Well, that's what's funny is because at the time, like I don't know why, but I thought like this is such a cool job. Like so many people must want to work here. Like I don't know, you know. So. They were hiring, but he didn't really let me see that. He was more like, oh, "Okay, well, you know, when we when we are have an opening, I'll, I'll give you a call." And I was like, "Okay, cool." And uh, it was just a few weeks, and he gave me a call, and I started working. I think it was every Sunday. Quickly, that turned into every Saturday and Sunday, and then quickly every Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so <laughs> they're like hey what are you doing today mm-hmm. <laughs> want to come in
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i I, don't know, I loved it you know i started at the you know the bottom of you know the very basics of just working basically with arrows first you know yep. clutching it off putting them on cutting them those i would say is like the step one of getting into a pro shop and then sure. um just kind of went from there
0: so Mm -hmm. so the question is now everybody always like says you know says like working in a pro shop or working in you know such and such industry is the dream Mm -hmm. job do you do you find that uh you it's harder for you to find time to shoot because you're actually working there and not Mm -hmm. you know enjoying your time there or
1: I would say a (laughs) hundred (laughs) percent a hundred percent. And it's funny because I get like half and half. Some people are like, oh my gosh, you must shoot all the time. Or some people are like, man, you must never get to shoot. And I definitely have to make a real effort to shoot now. Right. Because mm-hmm. yes. it's not okay to shoot on the clock and I, I don't do that. So, you know, I... I do my best, and sometimes I need to kind of put a fire under me to get up uh, early. But for the most part i'll I'll do my best to get up and be at the range about an hour before they open, and then that would be essentially my shooting time.
0: Oh right. Yeah. of course, I mean, you do have to test customers' bows, right? when they uh, <laughs> yeah, you know <laughs> it's it's part of the service, of course.
1: yeah well and we do so right now we are putting on leagues so we have league nights and i am in the league night and um so i mean in a way i'm like well hey i'm representing oak tree like i don't want to you know shoot like i'm looking like it's my first time so i do Mm. need a practice
0: (laughs) no of course so um you start taking these lessons. In the meantime, you kind of start working at at, at this place. Uh, mm-hmm. When do you when do you graduate to like your bow? Because you actually shoot. You, I've seen you shoot compounds and recurves, right? So, what was kind of the next step after you know your, you you tried out some of you know this this instructor's equipment and stuff?
1: Mm-hmm. What
0: what was the next? What was your next uh, purchase?
1: So right after I returned the rentals to, uh, Andrew, my first coach, uh, I got this, I purchased the same bow that he allowed me to rent, which is, was a Reagan 26 pound. Uh, mm-hmm. I started with 16 pounds and then I went, you know, up like two pound increments at a time. And once I was at 26, I bought my own bow and, Then another coach at Woodley pointed out that he, it looked like I could pull more. Like it looked like it was like my draw wasn't coming off quite so smooth because I could pull more. And so I I told him that I was wanting to go up to at least 30, if not 35 pounds, because I was practicing with uh, other rentals that were 35 pounds at my work. Mm -hmm. uh, He, it's funny because he, he, This other coach, his name is Wayne, but he brought, he was supposed to have brought a 35 pound recurve. And when we met up for me to pick it up, he said, he presented it to me. It was a Black Hunter red longbow. And he said, I'm so sorry. I thought I had a recurve, but it's not. It's a longbow. Like, do you still want it? And I actually really wanted a longbow because I already had a recurve. And I want to just mix it up a little bit, try new things. So he showed me that and red is one of my main archery like, uh, colors. So I, I was so excited. I bought it then. I'm actually, it's right next to me. I'm literally touching my my bow right now in (laughs) in case. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I have been shooting with that longbow then for maybe two months now. Um, and I, I love it. I definitely love it. Uh, I kind of miss it cause I, I have been heavily more in my compound now, just siding it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I love my longbow. It's beautiful.
0: <laughs> okay. And you said it's 35, right?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. 35, yeah. Yep.
0: D- did you, um, so I mean, it sounds like you kind of progressed pretty quickly, mm-hmm. uh, poundage wise, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, I mean, it doesn't seem like you had a lot of struggle going from like the 16 to the, you know, higher and higher and higher kind of thing. So um,
1: yeah.
0: is there like an ultimate goal that you want to end up with as far as poundage or?
1: Not really with poundage. I would say that the reason why I went up so quickly is because I, I was shooting. I was out there on the range if not twice a week, five days a week. And if not one hour, I was there five hours. Like it was to the point where my coaches literally had to say, Alex, you need to get a new hobby. <laughs> go, <laughs> go do something else. And I was like, But I love it. So yeah. um, but with poundage, I I actually was really wanting to work my way up just to see how honestly how a high I could go with it. Mm-hmm. But I went to my chiropractor a few weeks ago, and she said that um, she can see I am overcompensating in certain areas. My right foot was shorter than my left foot, and my right shoulder was pushed higher than my left. And so it made me she she really sat me down and said, even if your muscles feel like you can go up, don't. Like she said, like, dear God, like your body, the whole body as a whole does not want you to shoot more than 30 pounds. Um, So I'm like, "Uh, man, (laughs) that sucks. But I do understand uh, women are, you know, created, biological women created in a certain way. And um, at least for me, you know, being pretty pretty petite, you know, it's just 30 pounds might be my max for a while. Um, yeah. And I say 30 because that's where my compound's at, but I definitely, I'll still be, keep shooting my 35 on my uh, longbow, but right now I'm focused on my compound. So. so
0: have you, um, have you taken any, uh, lessons from, I, I know you took the first archery coach you're talking about, but anybody that's kind of like certified, like, uh, was it, and, and they're kind of like a Tom Clum kind of kind of guy, right? Um, why, why can't I think of like the is it N N NTS NTS system or whatever? Anyway, like they kind of go through, and I and I haven't I haven't taken any of that stuff, but uh, mm-hmm. they kind of go through you know musculature skelet, skeletal skeletal mm-hmm. structure and oh, uh, yeah. kind of what your body needs to do to a be in right alignment, but but you know, a be in right alignment, but B also do this. Uh, you know, for longevity so that you're Mm -hmm. still shooting, uh, and you can shoot, I'm not saying heavy, but like heavier poundage and be able to do it right because you're actually using the right muscles and and bones and, uh, everything like that. Plus you're not, you know, screwing up your shoulder, you know, 15, 20 years down the line.
1: Yeah. Now I've never allowed someone who is not certified to coach me. Okay. Um, it's but probably e- a good idea. <laughs> yeah. But even with that, and I, and I literally like, I'm very diligent. Uh, when I set up to shoot, I start from the balls of my feet and work my way up my body to make sure everything is, you know, bringing down and, you know, doing what it needs to do. But either way, my chiropractor just, I don't know, she just said, person like me is really not meant to and not built for that um or the high poundage so yeah so I'm I definitely I'm not hurting myself I'm not um (laughs) I'm not hurt my fingers a little bit hurt right now not from shooting it from setting up for a league night um I I smashed rebar into my hand trying to put down stakes in the ground for the 3D animals
0: um oh but, is that what that big gash was from yes I, I think I saw you post a picture of a big gash on your on your uh, web it's like on the web of your hand or something right or yes oh yeah, yeah it looked kind of nasty
1: yeah I was using a 10 pound sledgehammer because our four pound t- walked away somewhere I don't know where yeah but, uh, I was hammering in a stake in the ground and missed the stake the hammer went down because it's 10 pounds and my <laughs> The stake then went into my middle finger.
0: Oh. Yeah. Not good.
1: Yeah. So even if I wanted to do recurve right now, I it probably wouldn't feel very good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So then, what are you shooting for? uh, What are you shooting for? A compound?
1: Um, pounded wise?
0: No, uh, what, what brand, um, mm. or, you know, what, what yeah. model kind of thing. I, 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 am not into the compound world much anymore, but if, mm-hmm. if someone listening, um, you know, mm-hmm. m- maybe that has like, kind of like your stature or whatever, it, it might, it might help them.
1: Yeah, totally. I'm shooting the Matthews Prima.
0: Okay. Uh, is that a, uh, is that specifically like one of the, one of the women's bows or?
1: Yes. Okay. It is, a. A lady's bow. <laughs> it's essentially like the, the V3 that is super popular right now, but smaller <laughs> okay. and so lighter. And I love it. Um, at least once I got it kind of all dialed up, it was very difficult for me to enjoy compound at first going from a trad bow. It was tough. I, I kind of hated it at first, to be honest, but I stuck to it. I got advice from a lot of different people, and I kind of makeshifted uh, a few things and figured out where my anchor point on my compound could be comfortable for me, since I'm used to uh, trad, yeah. uh, and now I can enjoy it. I do. <laughs> well, well, I don't know.
0: If, I don't know if we talked about this, but why did why did you also pick up a compound just to get a different shooting experience, or um, not? That there's anything wrong with it. I'm just I'm just kind of <laughs> curious. Um, just different shooting experience just mm-hmm. to be able to help others at the range or just i don't know curious
1: yeah so it's it was more so of you know i'm i'm staring at these things every day i'm selling them i'm fixing them i'm in some ways teaching the other people how to shoot it so i should really probably uh pick up one myself and and really dial it in myself and learn how to do it on my own too so that was the number one thing i i learned by doing the best
0: yeah uh me me too i'm, I'm in the same boat did um so when you started working um at, you started working there and then you're like okay hey we're gonna start you know start you off learning how to build arrows and then mm-hmm. You know someone must have taught you that obviously Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: then um you know I guess you progressed to working on the on on all the bows right yeah did you what was what was kind of like the training for that because it seems like you got like ramped up like pretty quick you know what I mean yeah um and I don't know if whether they kind of threw you into the into the frying pan and (laughs) sit here you know or I mean how, how was that how was that like the learning the um learning the technical stuff not only with actually like like fixing bows and, and working on it like physically but mm-hmm. kind of understanding the the tech and the physics and stuff like behind what's actually going on does that make sense like who, who kind of walks you through that
1: yeah and that was a really tough process um because the manager who was at oak tree before me he he was an archer but he wasn't necessarily like a a passionate archer. He more fell into that job because, okay. uh, you know, the his his last job just went away because of the you know COVID stuff and whatnot. Okay. So he got thrown in there. He wasn't really passionate about it, but it, he made it work. So he taught me little things here and he taught me a lot about arrows. He really honed in on that for me. Um, and for the most part I watched him do other things like change strings. Uh, I was able to help with things like, you know, putting in a new peep and, uh, doing a D loop, even though D loop, (laughs) that, that really like worried me at first too. But fast forward a little bit when, uh, that that manager left in April and I became manager, the owner brought in the man, his name's Dave Thornberry, who built the place. They paid him, you know, in 2013 to literally not even work and do archery, but actually build the shop, the range, everything like that. So they asked him to come back and uh, essentially teach me bow tech work to really get me up to speed so and he's been in the archery business for 30 years he's gone to you know the matthews bow tech school the pse school which everything is pretty much shut down right now still unfortunately or else i might be there <laughs> but, oh really yeah yeah um but i uh, he has taught me the most um so it's been yeah four four months now and yeah he taught me the most with the bow tech work um but it's just a lot of a lot of little things at a time you know first you learn how to crank up and down the poundage that's pretty easy in the limb pockets and then you know next it's you know how to sight in a bow and then drop away rest which is still kind of my nemesis in a way but <laughs> I'm figuring it out so. In, in in what way just drop away rest sometimes or it can be very finicky <laughs> oh, um like for how
0: they're tied in or um
1: tied in. sometimes the springs don't want to work some of i've had actually qad is like a really popular thing right now but i've had so many of those come in malfunctioning and for the most part we just need to shave off and make some of the pieces smooth and then all of a sudden the springs working again mm. um but yeah, there's a lot of it's like working on a car or something. There's just so many little pieces to it. It's crazy. Um.
0: W- when I had my compounds, yeah, um, I, I had QADs on on both of them, and uh, I luckily, knock on wood, I, I never had any issues with them. Okay. You know, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I uh, obviously manufacturing changes, uh, supplier, mm-hmm. you know, supply chain, you know, parts <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, that changes uh, tooling. You know, <laughs> goes. uh, uh yeah. to, you know it gets worn out and stuff like that so it's uh, i was just kind of curious what what issues because you know everyone you know everyone has their favorite brand of like drop away or or any kind of rest whether it's from from a whisker biscuit all the way to like you know like a you know high-end like ham skier or whatever and you know everyone is is a fanboy of of one thing and everyone kind of poo-poos another thing and um Mm -hmm. uh, you know reality is there's probably you know a a big gray area and and you know they all have problems then they're all good and you know they're all good until they're not you know
1: yeah, and most of the problems I would say are are fixable. It's just drilling down to see the tiny little speck of like why it's not functioning properly. Um, but I have called around to you know I've I've made a point to contact you know all the dealers um, once I start as manager and um, all the reps and you know get them on the phone just to dial it in, see what's going on and. I was made aware, too, that the companies are trying to push out these items as fast as possible, and so they have seen a little bit of a rise in things malfunctioning. They believe just because they're pushing it out as quickly as possible, things aren't being looked at quite as detailed as before, per se. Yeah, I could,
0: I could see that, especially. And I don't think that's going to get any better, you know, with, with um, you know, there's mm-hmm. just... just not just in archery, but, um, in, in general with Mm -hmm. just production and manufacturing and labor, um, we're, uh, we're in for some rough times, I think, uh, it's, it's going to get, it's going to get worse than it is, but, you know, before it's going to get better, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. um, as far as, you know, availability of parts and and things like that go. But, um, Mm
1: -hmm. anyway, that's
0: another discussion, but, okay. So you basically learn from, a guy that it sounds like he, he knew his stuff, right? He, mm-hmm. he built the original place. So, uh, you know, you, you got that. Um, I'm guessing it was kind of like drinking out of a fire hose. You <laughs> you, you know, it, it couldn't have been that, you know, super easy to learn all of this stuff. And I'm guessing you learn every day, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, what uh, other than, um, other than uh, like a drop away, like what what do you find as a person that's like relatively new to tuning? And you mm-hmm. and this can be this can be broad. It can be with uh, compounds or it can be with traditional equipment. What, what's kind of been the hardest uh, for you to I don't know either kind of wrap your head around or uh, you know troubleshoot or fix or install or I don't know you you can you can pick.
1: Mm-hmm. Um... That's that's tough because so many bows are so different, but I would say the <laughs> one of the the most challenging thing I would say is uh, swapping strings on certain bows, such as m- most of the new Matthews bows, because you mm-hmm. have to literally take the whole axle out or like off <laughs> And, um, whereas if it's like a PSE, most of those bows, you know, you just put on the press, um, uh, push it down, they, they come off. And then as long as you make sure that, you know, the strings are twisted in the same way in the package, for the most part, the timing's going to probably be right. So you're good. But with the Matthews bows and with prime bows, prime, yeah, changing strings, it can be really challenging. It can take a while to... Um, so yeah, I heard,
0: I heard the prime stuff was, was, was pretty, uh, pretty, pretty complicated. And I didn't know about the Matthews one, um, mm-hmm. until you, until you just said something there, but just yesterday I was at my local archery shop here and my buddy Garrett, uh, who works there, um, I was kind of chit chatting with him while he was working on the Matthews and he was doing the same thing. He had, he had the, uh, the cams out and, um, you had to have the cams out to pull, you know, to, to change out the, mm-hmm. uh. Uh, the, the yoke cables and this and that and I, I didn't really register what he was doing at the time because i was just kind of uh, talking to him but when he just said that i'm like oh i'm guessing that's what he was doing because he was on like a vx3 or something like that or mm-hmm. uh, that he was me- messing around with but yeah yeah that's yeah, uh
1: challenging and the prime bows i mean i honestly i've i've never shot one i I would love to they look really sturdy but you know they for the, the ones we have in the shop at least you know, they have four cams on them. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, there's a lot going on there.
0: <laughs> now, they're not four separate cams, though, right? They're, they're like, they're, it's, um, like, they, they don't, like, the top set and the bottom set, like, they don't move independently of each other, right? Like, the top set move together, because it right. isn't, it isn't, like, one yeah. cam that just has two, you know, two, uh, I don't know, ears or lobes or whatever you want to call them. But still, there's a lot going on. There's a lot yes. going on there. And yeah. um, I think uh don't they don't doesn't prime kind of guarantee like strings for life or something like that or they um... do
1: uh i called them once though and i guess it i this is what they said to me the the one person i talked to but i guess it's after a year after you have the bow a year then it's a lifetime warranty and you do need to register your bow i mean this that's one thing that I feel like not a lot of people know is, especially with compound bows, um, I would say almost all, I don't know about all the other bows, all of them, but compound bows, you want to register them online, whether it's PSE, Matthews Prime, whatever it is. As soon as you get that bow, register it online, or else that warranty that you thought you had on the strings, Mm -hmm. uh, after a year, they're going to be like, well we don't even know that this bow is actually yours and yes it's kind of like buying a a nice guitar you want to register it online and then you will have that warranty for life
0: yeah uh, understandable yeah so so you're you're like you're you're a year into this now and uh right yeah almost a year into this you're Mm -hmm. you're a manager um you're shooting now you you shoot a little bit of everything you said um do you have let's skip to the traditional side a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, because j- just because, you know, with the compound, you know, obviously you pull a string, look through the peep, line up the, you know, line up the pin and shoot. Uh, yeah. When you get to the traditional stuff, you have a whole, you know, variety of options and a whole, you know, can of worms to open, um, mm-hmm. depending on what you say, how you shoot to who, you know what I mean? <laughs> but but what, what is your, how are you taught and what is, what is your, style I guess when you um when you shoot I mean are you an aimer um Mm -hmm. you know do you anchor do you how is that how is that working for you
1: yeah so I I do anchor um but I don't so I was taught more of like the barebow recurve style and I would say I still have a lot of the form for that so my anchor is you know the knuckle on my um pointer finger is shoved basically in and under my cheekbone. So my oh, okay. anchor is higher than the Olympic anchor below. That's how I was taught. Um, so, yeah. But it's
0: still not like, uh, you know, in comparison, like, you know, mo- mo- most people, let's say, who get into it and are not taught that way, they're mm-hmm. told, okay, put your put your index finger or your middle finger um, in a corner of your mouth. You okay. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So it brings the back of that arrow up a little higher. It it, it flattens the the trajectory of the arrow as as you're looking down. Um, Mm -hmm. But you're saying you kind of anchor a little bit lower than that. It's a little bit under your chin, but not quite as Olympic.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. It's more about, I more feel where my cheekbone meets my, um, my pointer finger knuckle bone. That's my, my anchor spot. And it's pretty much the same in compound. I use a trigger, um, trigger release for that reason, because I, I am so used to that anchor point. Um, and I, I would say with, uh, aiming, uh, I definitely look at the target for sure. Uh, I have tried to actually shoot with my eyes closed even (laughs) just to see how it would feel. Um, But I would say at this point, I do aim, but I just, I kind of more know and I feel just where it's going to go, especially with my longbow. My longbow, I feel like is more of a feel for me, whereas my recurve, I would say I aim a little bit more
0: interesting um Mm -hmm. so so you're kind of seeing the, you know the tip of the arrow but not necessarily you know using that as like a sight pin you're just kind of taking in the sight picture yes yeah yeah Yeah. that's Mm -hmm. that that seems to be I mean that's kind of how I do it um that's that seems kind of uh typical of um of, of a lot of people. Some, some people can go like just what they would, they would consider pure, pure instinctive. And they say, well, I don't even see the tip of my arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. very few people who do that. I believe that they, that's what happens. Um, a lot of people think they do, but they don't, uh, or okay. vice versa. But, uh, yeah, that's why I say can of worms because you start talking to, um, to some people about how they shoot, you know, traditional and, uh, mm-hmm. you can go down, you can go down quite a, you know, like open up that bag of popcorn and sit down. Cause it can, you know, oh. <laughs> it can be, it can be long <laughs>
1: Yeah. And people I've found uh, people who do shoot like, quote unquote, strictly instinctive are very proud of that <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah they'll tell you about it like like crossfit and veganism so yeah
1: yeah
0: yeah, yeah. but you know I, i'm guilty of it too because I, I mean when you get when you get into it you know it's like yeah i shoot a traditional not that i, I say it in the way that like i'm better than someone you know what i mean but mm-hmm. it's it, anything new you get into you just got to tell everybody about it all the time and then it's like okay back off it's annoying so <laughs> yeah yeah so the uh you see, you got a lot of people come through there um what is the uh what's the demographic there um Mm -hmm. as far as like your average your average uh you know california shooter that comes through Mm -hmm. you know through your through your club is it by the way is is it a private club you have to or or can like other people just kind of pay to come in and 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 shoot
1: other people can pay to come and shoot okay yes um so more it is a, a club where we have memberships, and you get perks from that. But anyone can come. Okay. And, yeah. and what, the,
0: what does a what does a crowd look like? Like, what do you what's what is it? You know, what is the average crowd comprised of?
1: I would honestly say the average crowd is fairly diverse. <laughs> um, I most of our shooters, however, I would say most of them have started shooting within the last year and a half to two years. That's what I have noticed. Um uh, we are pretty big um on the comp on the compound side for hunters. So I would say almost half we get like the true real heavy duty hunters. Uh, and I say real as in like you know they're just like they're like, yeah, I wear camel all the time. And <laughs> 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 um, and then on the other side of things, we get a lot of rentals, a lot of just people who have never touched a bow before come in and their very first, qu- you know, I ask them, okay, great. Would you like to shoot the traditional recurve or a compound? And they're like, what, what is that? What's the difference? And then I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. Starting square one. That's fine. <laughs>
0: That's great, though, because that's like a signal that, uh, uh, you know, people are are just interested in things that didn't used to be before, whether it's just because they want to get out because they're just, you know, sick of COVID for the last Mm -hmm. year. Um, Because because we saw this uh, across the board in the outdoors industry in general, whether it's hunting or archery or, you know, paddle boarding, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that are spending time in the outdoors now that Mm -hmm. never did before. So mm-hmm. this influx of people um, you know, it, it can be a good thing and a bad thing, just like anything else. Anytime you get a new like huge crowd of people into your little niche, you know, you're mm-hmm. like, eh, I don't know about all these people, <laughs> you know Yeah, but it, it could can, it can be good or bad. I guess it just their their experience um, you know, based on their experience. If they come in and they, and, and they shoot and, and you set them up right, they're going to like it if they come in and they, they're like, Hey, I got this Mongolian bow off of Amazon.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> It's not going to go so well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I would say, yeah, I would say it's a solid half and half between that. Cause I'm just thinking about even today and it was half and half, um, a lot of new people and mm-hmm, which is, is very fun. So, uh, and I will say too, I mean, we are, close by the studios um you know fox sony um which i used to work part of the studios too but those are just down the street so a lot of times too i'll get a call from someone can you teach me how to shoot a bow in 30 minutes and i'm like um yes (laughs) because
0: they're trying to do something for a movie or tv or something or yes (laughs) okay Hey, you know what? That's that's big business. Well, you know that you live there. That's uh, that could be pretty lucrative, though. <laughs> you look at all these people that uh, uh, go to these uh, like gun training uh, type of stuff, like pistol training or rifle training type of stuff for movies. Mm-hmm. All these actors, so that could be uh, pretty lucrative.
1: Yeah, and I am. Uh, we have something called a first shots shooter class uh, at Oak Tree because it is first a gun club. But uh, oh, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, Maybe
0: that didn't register when you said I work at Oak Tree Gun Club. In my mind, it was Archery Club. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: all good. It's all good. Um, but yeah, so um, it's part of a gun club. The gun club came first and then archery later. And um, so that's that's kind of hard in some ways because it's like, you know, first a gun club and then archery not to say it's in the shadows, but a lot of people are like, I had no idea there's archery because it says gun club. And I'm like, I, yeah, I know. But welcome. How happy to have you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so there's new people, um, more experienced people. Are you finding... Um what's the uh kind of like gender and like race makeup you know what i mean is it is it just kind of all across the board um are, are you seeing like because um, there's this big push for like minorities in the um in the outdoors you know i follow this uh this one instagram uh hunters of color right um and they you know kind of highlight hey you know we're out here too <laughs> doing this kind of kind of <laughs> stuff uh same with obviously um you know, women in, in the mm-hmm. outdoors, do you, do you, do you see kind of a, a wide range of people or is it, you know, mostly men or how's, how's that work mm-hmm.
1: out? I would say it's still mainly men. I, I would say that it's not 50, 50, maybe 70, 30. Um, but the women, man, they, they hold their own out there. Um, but with diet, I would say we're very, Diverse. I mean, you know, just across the board, you know, Pacific Islander, white, you know, it just everything, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're pretty diverse there, but I would still love to see more women come just just to create that balance. Um, but I will this kind of goes back to what we were saying, too, about getting fitted properly for bows. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen a lot of couples or something, you know, things like that come in and the guys like, you will, this is perfect for you. And they're picking up a 35 pound recurve bow for their lady to try for the first time. And uh, I actually told a customer who he was going to buy this bow for his lady. And she was, she was telling him and me, she's like, he has a third, he has like a 40 at home and I can't pull it back at all. Like this isn't going to work. And I looked at him and I was like, if you want her to get hurt or never do archery again, buy this bow for her, do it right now. Get it. If that's what you want. Mm -hmm. But if you want her to enjoy herself, to grow with you, to have fun with you, get a 20 pounder. (laughs) (laughs) you <laughs> no, it's it's okay to start you know lower it it is and um i think yeah. that's a really big uh thing that i'm seeing is people pushing each other in different ways rather than just starting where they're at
0: you know guys do the same thing with um in, in the gun world too you know mm-hmm. um again i don't i don't shoot near as much uh hardly at all now as i used to but um it, it, the story hasn't changed it's always you know somebody comes in with their wife girlfriend whatever they're interested in shooting whether it's just for sport or for carry you know if they're going to get into concealed carry or whatever and then uh getting fitted for you know uh, a gun and the guy comes in oh look you know it's not even like like the pink thing right um so, so, some people like the pink thing. Some women do, some don't. I'm, you know, I, I don't really care, but, uh, it's all, oh, look how small this is or how, you know, this will be just right for you. And it's like, well, you don't have her hands. Um, yeah. you may have experience shooting what you like shooting, but mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that just because she doesn't know what she's that, what she wants now, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that she shouldn't try all these other things because the gun that, um, uh that she finds more comfortable it's probably the one that she's going to carry the more often if she wants it for per- personal protection if, if if it's so uncomfortable to shoot uncomfortable to carry it's probably going to stay at home you know what yeah. i mean um yeah. so the same thing i'm sure applies to uh you know to archery uh mm-hmm. the the archery shop near me is, is is pretty good about that they have a wide variety of stuff and they make sure that they let you know, the, the the woman, or even like like youth or whatever, try whatever. And here, try mm-hmm. this. Here, try that. Here, try this. And yeah. a lot of times, it's not what you would expect them to like. You know, quote unquote, mm-hmm. expect them to like. But you know, if 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 they're turned off on it, on that on that first go around, uh, you know, they're not coming back, and and you're losing, you know, a potential, uh, you know, for you a potential customer but the outdoor industry or the world or whatever is is losing another uh, you know like long-term uh, conservationist or mm-hmm. just or whatever a- another face of what what the sport really is you know what yeah. I mean so you can really yeah. screw that up if you're if you're not careful um, yeah. do you guys do you guys do any kind of um, like like women's only kind of uh, like leagues or, uh, learn to shoot a bow, kind of thing. You know, like catered catered just to women or anything like that.
1: No, at the moment we don't. Um, I I actually just brought the leagues back two months ago, and um, so I wanted to first gauge of how interested people will be. So I didn't create class. Well, I created a trad class and compound class, but that that was it. Um, yeah. So so far, yeah. But I I definitely hope to expand and trust that we will. And I would love to have, yeah, youth leagues, um, maybe, maybe women's and, and men's, um, we'll see. I don't know how, how many people we'd get for, to make it like, I don't know, enjoyable to have enough people part of it. But, yeah, um, yeah. but to your point, I didn't want to mention to your point of, you know, the world missing out on, you know, more female archers and athletes, I mean, the best thing that I feel like I've found from archery is, um, more confidence in myself and more of a feeling of empowerment of, you know, I'm standing up tall, I'm small, (laughs) I'm very (laughs) small, but I feel, strong when I shoot. I feel empowered. I feel, you know, that I can really take care of myself, defend myself and, you know, do something neat. And, um, and that's what, what I really love in sharing archery is that feeling of confidence that it, cre- it helps create within people. And, That's what I feel like when you don't have a bow that's fitted to somebody or you push them in a direction that they don't really want to go in or don't feel comfortable with, they're becoming more unempowered and that's not good for the world (laughs) at all.
0: Sure, sure. And and I ask that because uh, just like, again, um, kind of in the gun world, uh, a a lot of women will feel intimidated learning and or shooting in front of men. So there's a lot of... um, uh, courses mm-hmm. that are catered just to women, uh, mm-hmm. whether it is outdoor shooting, whether it's a hunting course, whether it's a concealed carry course. Um, it, it just seems to be like uh, that they're more comfortable in a situation like that, where they can be like, hey, okay, I know I can do this, but I don't need, um, mm-hmm. you know, some some mouth breather husband of mine <laughs> <to Yeah. laughs> looking over my shoulder. You know what I mean? So that that's why I was asking. And, okay. and it is very uh, empowering for anybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, you know, when, when you watch that arrow fly and you make a good shot, it's, it's great for, um, it, it's great for a lot of people and you, you kind of tied it in, I think, uh, way back earlier here when you were saying that, uh, it is, uh, I don't know if you used the term like therapeutic, you know, shooting, but you said it's very, um, Meditative. Oh, meditate. Oh. Yeah, there you go. There yeah. you go. And I've heard, I've heard that a lot too, for, um, well for anybody you know um -hmm. and I I think that's that's a that's a big that's a big benefit that uh, anybody can you know uh, take advantage of so
1: definitely Um, I think you shoot a lot better when you're in a calm mind clear mind (laughs) if you're tense I mean at least for me that never worked that's why I took up axe throwing because if I was ever really frustrated not making good shots just walked over threw a few axes and then came back and I was much better (laughs)
0: Okay. I didn't even know about the axe throwing. We're not going to go down that road. Cause that's another conversation. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll leave it at the archery and the Reiki. Okay. Well, cause the axe throwing is a whole whole other thing there. So, um, okay. We're, we're on for like over an hour here. So I, I kind of want to wrap it up a little bit, but, uh, so going into this hunting season, mm-hmm. uh, California is already open, isn't it? For some areas for, for deer, um, in, or in yeah, August yeah. it opens up. It's, they opened really early
1: yes and in some areas i'm not honestly the the best knowledgeable person with all the hunting stuff right now um but i hear my bow tech who's actually the president of the bow hunters association um he tells me all the time so i believe yes august it it opens up
0: What's so what's your uh what's your plans going into this hunting season like in the next uh i don't know from 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 the next you know opener through let's say I don't know how late it goes but you know through the you know, end mm-hmm. of the year
1: well I won't be hunting big game, so I won't be pulling any tags or anything like that I'll be still practicing um I've you know I've done my bow hunter uh e- education stuff so you know I probably just gonna go into the backwoods and shoot some rabbits or something for practice um I don't I haven't really talk to my boyfriend actually too much about what his thoughts are hunting season on this hunting season he might have more ideas but
0: well with an axe throwing yeah he's probably staying away
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah no <laughs> he's funny um but yeah, so I don't know what he wants to do, but I'll be just practicing with bunnies on my blunt point tips for now. <laughs> that's a
0: ton of fun. I love, I love small game hunting with, with my bow. Um, I, I I love hunting squirrels. You don't have a ton of squirrels there, I'm sure. But, uh, you, you know, rabbits and squirrels. I mean, I love squirrel hunting and, and, and rabbit hunting. So that's going to be a ton of fun. And, you know, it's just a ton of fun to just walk around. Um, you know, like for real, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I like we use the term like in anger, Um, you know, you're not really angry at, at whatever, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, for real. And you're like, Hey, I actually have a, cause this will be your first time. Right. So you actually have like a weapon in your hand. You're like, wow, this is, you know, it's life or death for, yeah. you know, some, some animal. And it's, it's pretty real. It doesn't matter if it's a bunny or if it's uh you know, if it's a deer or, or something bigger, it's, um, it kind of it kind of brings you into like, holy crap, this is what our ancestors did for a long, <laughs> long time, you know, so um, yeah. I gonna wish you the best of luck with that. Is, is there anything you want to talk about that we haven't touched on here before we wrap up? Um,
1: honestly, I think we covered a, a bunch of stuff that has all been great. So not particularly on my side.
0: OK, um, why don't you tell everybody where they can follow you?
1: Okay. Um, my Instagram is archeress.alex on Instagram. And then uh, I also run the Oak Tree Instagram and can be contacted on there for any questions with archery. Um, and that's oak tree, uh, dot archery club on Instagram. I don't have a Facebook or Twitter or anything like that. It's all just Instagram.
0: (laughs) Cool. Yeah. That's pretty much everyone else ends up. So, all right. Um, Alex, I appreciate you being on tonight. Um, why don't you, uh, why don't you stay with me here when I, after we hang up here or after we stop recording here and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap up. So, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Definitely go, uh, go follow Alex. Wish her luck going into the season. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty exciting watching or kind of following like a new hunter, uh, head into their, into their first season, you know, cause, uh, it's one more person you get to live vicariously through and hope, you know, wish them luck. So, uh, make sure you, uh, like share and subscribe to the podcast and, uh, the YouTube channel, putting out stuff there all the time. And uh, with that, I will talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening.